Um, we're going to go ahead and start our new series this morning uh, that I'm really excited about. You'll notice, uh, if you're here, that we have uh, our round tables out. You're not sitting in the normal kind of pews that are here. And this is a sermon, this is what we do once a year, where we have a shortened message, only about maybe 15 minutes, and then we spend time, an extended amount of time in discussion. Um, and so it's kind of a fun, special time. We're going to do it for the next couple of weeks as we're going on here. And I'm really excited about this series. We're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. So when I use, say that term spiritual gift, what is it that immediately comes to mind? What is your experience with spiritual gifts? I'm going to throw up a definition here on what a spiritual gift is. This will kind of help us frame and kind of take a look at what we're going to be going over the next couple of uh, weeks as we look at this. Is that a spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. So you'll notice it's a very broad definition, right? It's any ability <laughs> that is used, that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, used in industry, any ministry of the church. And the Bible lists about 25 different spiritual gifts that are used in uh, many different ways, which is a whole lot, right? That's a whole lot. Um, and what we're going to do is um, we're going to be taking a look at one specific group of them. Uh, if you're taking notes and if you want to look at all of them, they're kind of found in three different places in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. And, you know, theologians have kind of split some of these spiritual gifts in different categories. Sometimes you'll say that there's four categories or five categories or three categories of spiritual gifts. I like kind of to think of them broadly into two different main categories. Uh, the first is spiritual gifts that are kind of reflected in our personalities. They're really kind of who we are, who God created us to be. And whoever God created us to be in that gifting, we kind of operate in that gifting. And you'll see things like teaching, giving, service, hospitality, administration. And these are gifts that I think are easier for us to wrap our minds around. All of you have probably had teachers, right, growing up in school who did not have the gift of teaching. You know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or maybe a pastor who did not have the gift of teaching. Don't, don't say anything. Um, <laughs> We kind, of, we kind of know what that is, right? And we kind of know. Like some people are like, yep, that's my jam. You know, if I were to ask you to preach, you would say, yep, I'd love to do that. And some people would be like, absolutely not. Like we kind of know um, how to operate in those gifts based on who God created us to be. And then there's this other set of spiritual gifts. And these spiritual gifts are a little bit different, a little bit harder for us to wrap our minds around. And these are the gifts that are found, let there be light. These are the gifts that are found in 1 Corinthians 12. And these are called the manifestation spiritual gifts. And so we've entitled the sermon series Manifest. And our goal is to kind of demystify some of these spiritual gifts that maybe aren't as intuitive for us to get. And these are when you see a supernatural display of God's power. Have you ever had a moment in your life, in your journey, 
where you just feel the power or see the power of God move. And you're like, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but I can tell that this is a holy moment. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're just like, something, something just miraculous happened here. And it could be something massive, right? It could be a huge healing or it could be just an amazing you know, prophecy. But sometimes it can also just be something very subtle. And you're like, whoa, this is, God did something. That's what these gifts are about. And I actually really like the term manifest. Because, you know, this term, it, it basically manifest just means to show. If you think about it like in a doctor's office, you may be sick, but then they may ask you, it's like, okay, well, when did the symptoms start manifesting, right? You could have a virus, or you could have a sickness, or you could have an illness for years, and yet they're just not showing themselves until they're manifesting. That's kind of how these gifts work. Like, we may have the gift, but these gifts don't start showing up until all of a sudden where they're just shown. And I'm excited about some of these, or I'm sorry about all of these, um, and excited about talking about these, but also sometimes these gifts, and we'll get into it here, have historically caused some division or scandals, and sometimes they can be a little hard to talk about. Sometimes we may have experiences with some of these, or I, I find a wide range of experiences when talking about these manifestation gifts, because you'll get people who maybe who were raised in church who never once talked about it or saw it. Or you may have some people who seems like every week, that's all they did, is talk about it and, and see them. Maybe some people had experiences where it seemed a little wonky, and you're kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. Or maybe, you know, you're coming, there's all these different ranges of, uh, of opinions about it. And so that's why I'm excited to get into that. I kind of love going through God's word, even difficult topics. It's like, hey, if we're, as long as we're true to the Bible, I'll wade into any topic that the Bible talks about. Because I believe it's not going to return void. And ultimately, it's not me or it's not any other preaching who's saying, you know, controversial stuff. It's God's word. So let's go ahead and read through these spiritual gifts. We're going to be hanging out in this text for the next couple of weeks. So I'm just going to give a broad kind of start and read through uh, all of them. It's in 1 Corinthians 12 is where we're going to start. It says, there are different kinds of gift, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So we kind of start and saying, hey, even though they look different, it's the same God, right? It's the same, they come from the same place. It's not like, oh, you know, I operate in this way, so I worship this God, or, you know, I worship this way, and it's this way. It's all the same God. God is the source of everything. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So all of these gifts we're going to be talking about, they're for good. They're for us, and they're to cause uh, unity and to cause goodness in all of our lives. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, 
to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So we see a a split up here, and what we're going to do is, is over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be taking and looking at some of them. Sometimes we'll have maybe one um, gift that we'll take a look at. Sometimes we'll kind of bring two that are adjacent or similar together, and we'll be able to talk about them. But these are, this is heavy stuff. Are you guys excited? Yeah, Yeah, right? Um, So before we start, and kind of the goal of what I wanted today is to kind of set some like ground rules or observations, before we start taking an in-depth look at these, given that there could be so many wildly different backgrounds, I I threw a shoe. I've never done that before preaching. Look at that. Um, Given that there's so many wildly different backgrounds, it's just a good idea to kind of take a step back and look broadly at spiritual gifts and set up some ground rules and kind of set up some observations as we get in them. So the first observation for us to keep in mind is that spiritual gifts should unify. These spiritual gifts, any spiritual gift, the goal is to edify the church and to bring the church closer together. If, while we are talking about these, if over the next six weeks there's discord in this church, that's a sign that we are doing it wrong. That's a sign that whatever I'm saying, whatever conversations, whatever questions are there, we're not doing it right. It's because the spiritual gifts should bring people together. And that's interesting. And a little, unfortunately, ironic. Because you have several, you have church splits, you have breakdown in relationships that have happened over these gifts, what we've talked about. Some people will say this is not absolutely appropriate for us to operate in today. Some people say, absolutely, it's the only thing that we need to operate in. And it's funny that humans, funny and kind of tragic, that humans can take a gift meant to bring us together and somehow turn it into something to rip us apart. We have, like, this innate ability to, like, ruin all of the good things (laughs) that come from God and to twist them around. We see at the very end of the chapter, in 1 Corinthians 12, a passage, it says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Right after, I read through verse 11, if you were here last week and we talked outside, I preached on the body of Christ. The body of Christ passage is verse 12, right after this. So last week, you didn't know it, but it was kind of an appetizer to the spiritual gifts. So he talks about the spiritual gifts. He talks about how we need to be unified together as one. All of us are different. And if you operate differently than me, that's okay. And that's by design. And then he begins to talk here. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part in it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles. No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? No. Do all interpret? 
right? He's, he's giving us an example about how, hey, we are very different, different spiritual gifts, and your gifting, when you bring it, may look very differently than somebody else, and that's okay. Not, in, not only is it okay, that is by design. That's the point, is that they work different. So if in our discussions we're talking and someone is operating in different gifts or maybe they have a different view, that's by design. God wants us to fit together. And in the areas that maybe I'm not as strong in, somebody else will come alongside and help me out. So the second observation that I want to take a look at, kind of these ground rules that we'll talk about, is that there's also an element that we need to seek out spiritual gifts. We need to seek out spiritual gifts. There's a verse here, I'm looking at my little pad, it looks like I didn't make it in, but it's 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Um, in verse 30, we read it. Larry's on it. He's going to get back there, and if I stall long enough, he'll be able to get it up there. Uh, it says, do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And then verse 31 says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Yeah. Woo! Now, eager, look at that. Got like a special wipe. I knew it. Speak slowly enough, and he's on top of it. Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. Do you know how he was talking about how there's different gifts here? And it's, it's funny. There's this element of spiritual gifts where we need to seek out and desire them. You know, sometimes... Uh, as we begin to discover our own giftings, have you ever talked to somebody where, like, I, I find you see this a lot, kind of in our in um, kind of the nonprofit world, where someone will say, like, "Well, that's just not my gifting, so I'm just not going to do it." You know what I mean? And there's kind of an element of like, "Well, there's just certain things about me that, that God didn't create me to be, so I'm just not going to try to operate that way." Um, any of you who have ever had a real job, I have a real job. If my boss were to say, hey, John, I need you to make sure that you call people back on the phone four hours after they leave me a voicemail, is it appropriate to say, you know what, calling people back is just not in my gifting? <laughs> That's just not really how God made me work. I wouldn't be very, I wouldn't last very long in that job, right? It'd be like, well, you're gifting or not, this is something that you need to work on. What's amazing about spiritual gifts here is that there's this thing about desiring and how we need to kind of like look and operate in them. I remember when I was a kid, my brother and I, man, we would, we got really good at right around mid-December finding all of the places my parents would hide the Christmas presents. I'm not sure I've even admitted to them, my parents, how often we actually found them. Just about every year. A couple of really good places, usually in the bottom of their closet and the top of their closet. I remember one year, my dad, um, all of a sudden there was a, a blanket that appeared on his, on his workbench. 
like out of nowhere. And so my brother and I just lifted the blanket and found like all of our Christmas gifts. And I remember they were like, it was like these uh, guns. You remember the caps that had like the roll, like the pink or red roll with the cap? It was a cap gun and you just kind of shoot over and over again. Yeah, those are great. Well, we found them, but we would go out and we would all the time do whatever we can to try to seek out these gifts and figure it out. Most years we were successful. It was Christmas morning. We were very excited, but usually not very surprised. (laughs) Is that how we act with spiritual gifts? Where we're kind of like, you know, I don't, what does God have for me today? Which one of these gifts would I be able to maybe operate in? I'm going to the supermarket. Is there one of these that maybe God can show up in, or I'm going to a small group, or I'm, church is here, Sunday morning, I can't wait to see how God moves, right? It's like this idea of like eagerly desiring to operate in these. If we're talking, or when we start talking about these gifts, there may be a little bit of the, well, I've never done it before, and I just don't know I'm really comfortable about it, and there's an element of Hey, you're going to get better at it. You're going to work at it. There's a verse here in 1 Corinthians. Let me see if I can pull it up. I think I, uh, I think I messed it. 1 Corinthians 4.12. Help me out, Larry. 1 Corinthians 14.12. Since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. Isn't it interesting that, like, now we're talking about excelling? You're talking about, like, spiritual gifts are something that you can get better at. Meaning that when you first start trying to step out, you might be really bad at it. And that's okay. It's okay to be bad at things you've never done before, right? I think a lot of times we don't don't operate in some of this stuff because we're so fearful that we might be wrong. Hey, you might be wrong at first. You will get better. That's why you got to make sure that you're in with a really good church and people you trust who can say like, eh, I don't know if that was exactly right. Let's let's sit with that a little bit. Let's just kind of see. Let's kind of begin to excel in it. And the more you practice, the better you get. Like with any gifting, like with any time, teaching, like with any administration, hospitality. The first time you host a dinner party, you may be really bad at it, and then you get better. It's the same thing with praying for healing, or speaking in tongues, or prophecy, or some of the other ones, the gift of faith. You may start out not so great, but you can get better. And then lastly, before we break up into our table time here, Spiritual gifts aren't related to maturity. Verse 7-7 tells us, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is for the common good. Notice it says here, Now to each one, to each one, each one of you, the manifestation of the Spirit It's not, hey, for those of you who have been going to the church 
for a year, year and a half, go ahead and start operating this way. It's like, no, every single person in the church. I think this is a huge misconception that I've seen in ministry. It's this idea of, well, I'm just not equipped or I'm not prepared enough. You know, I, I think I'd rather have a pastor pray for me because I just haven't, I'm new at this. I don't know if I have the capability of doing it. But we see an idea that we're not allowed to say, hey, I don't operate, you know? Someone at our, at our jobs would just say, hey, can you pray for, I know you're a Christian, can you pray for me? And you just say, not my gifting. Nope. Right? It's, it's our job to, to begin to operate here. There's a verse that I love. In 1 Corinthians one twenty six. Awesome. 126 and 27, it says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. This is in the same book that he's talking about spiritual gifts. He's basically kind of calling out the Corinthians saying, hey, you guys, by the way, compared to other people, we're pretty lame. <laughs> you guys didn't know what you were doing. And yet God shows you broken vessels to actually do amazing things for God. See, there's this misconception. There's this idea in the world, in the world way, when you look at it, the people who have the most experience, who are the most polished, who uh, do and say the right things, those are the ones who have all the power who raise up, right? We begin to see. You're like, wow, that speaker, that politician is very, you know, really great with speeches. That They're really good on their feet. They think about all that stuff. And then you raise up kind of in standard. In the kingdom of God, it is the exact opposite. Jesus talks a lot about how the first will be last and the last will be first. The higher you try to go, if I try to raise myself in the kingdom of God, there's this weird idea that actually those who are lowly and the most humble, that those are the ones who are the greatest. So I, I say this, if you're new to spiritual gifts, you have an amazing opportunity to put the rest of us who've been doing it a while to shame. You have an amazing opportunity to have God work through you. And the reason why is because if somebody doesn't know what they're doing and God shows up, there's no other reason. There's, everyone knows that God was the one who did that. It has the, the most opportunity for God to show up. So everyone, in every walk of life, we're called to step out and to start working in these. We can get better at them. But above all, in all of our discussions and in all of our moving, the goal of these is to bring us together. After our 30-minute conversation at our tables, you should feel closer to the people at your table than farther apart. 
even though we're talking about something that in the past has been a little controversial called sure splits. It means that we're doing it wise and in a healthy way. So we're going to go ahead right now and break up into our um, tables that are here. We already have our tables that are here. If you find yourself at a massive table, you want to table plant, you can go ahead and do that. Um, real quick, how many of you are talkers and like to talk? Raise your hand. I'm a talker. I like to talk. I like to hear my own voice. I see a lot of, I see a lot of, hey, there you go. <laughs> I, kind of I see a lot of people who I know you like to talk. You didn't raise your hand. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. All of us who are talkers and like to talk, let's try to talk the least at our tables. All right? Because a lot of the times what we do is we tend to over, over uh, kind of talk and dominate, and the people who don't like to talk think it's like the best thing in the world, and they can just kind of skate by without having to do anything. So if you're a talker, try your best to just, you can talk, but try to talk the least out of everything. So there you go, a gift in and of itself. So we're going to go ahead and break up at a time. We also have the food out there. So if you want to kind of take a break, get some food real quick and talk, and we're gonna just going to go ahead and have some time. I'll come up in a little bit and kind of officially dismiss us, but our time is just to kind of spend time uh, relating together and talking. So hop to it. <laughs>